Today on Talk About That, John has a run-in with a sea lion and searches for a less political pillow company. Meanwhile, I'm a proud member of the Clean Plate Club, and I'm relieved when John cuts his sermon short. Also, a conversation on post-Christianity and whether self-actualization is really its own religion in many ways. Today's episode is not sponsored by meetings. Do you have too much time in your day? Want to hang out with co-workers around a table for hours while accomplishing very little? Try meetings. Let's go. It's another Monday, Johnny. Another talk about that. We are out here. We back. Man, we are here. It's been a long week uh, since the last time that Don't we talk to me recorded. about long week. You yeah. went on a boat. Well, I mean, I'm just saying a lot's happened. A lot's uh, happened since then. So um, that's not how you say. People don't say long week when they had a good week, though. You can have a long good week. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> See, I think that speaks to the you're, way that humanity ridiculous. sees the world. If you, outside if you of saw somebody in the store and then you go, "How are things?" They go. It's been a long week. Oh, where'd you go? I was on a ship. We went. Uh, <laughs> it was an all-inclusive uh, boat ride to the Bahamas. Bahamas. Awesome. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, but, they... whew, but it was long. <laughs> like, I mean, they. I think what I meant was it's been eventful. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh... your privilege is showing, bro. Because yeah. I can't. No, yeah. you're fine. Well, you're a big cruiser too. So I've done two. Didn't you do comedy on a big, cruise once? I did comedy on a cruise, a Lifeway cruise to Alaska. Oh. That was like a big one because when you start comedy, it's like you do a lot of like, hey, sweetie, you want to ride with me to Columbia, Tennessee? I'm going to do comedy in a bowling alley, and if I win, we get $100. <laughs> like you, it's a contest. I did that one time. There was a bar <laughs> attached to a bowling alley, and it was an open mic, and the winner gets $100, and I did not win. <laughs> and you know what? No one won because... We uh, gave our night to Columbia, Tennessee, wow. bowling alley. But anyway, so when, you, so when you get to the point in your career where you can go, they're going to pay me, yeah, and we get to go seven nights to Alaska a big on a deal. boat. That's a big, that's a cool thing. The other one we did was like a, I wasn't doing comedy on it. It was like a carnival, very 80s. There was a lot of neon and crushed velvet on that ship. I don't think it had been updated in a while. I think that's the same boat we went on our 15th. Yeah, there was a lot of conga lines and uh, watered-down drinks. I mean, I don't drink, but it was just very – there were a lot of people complaining about the alcohol there. I remember that. Oh. About the quality of the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, because did I tell you the story when I was on a cruise ship? We we decided to take a carnival our 15th and – Can't hide money because (laughs) – of course, they're begging people to go now. It's like, listen, just get on the boat. You won't get COVID, we swear. I got to <laughs> hey, listen, my travel agent helped me secure a second room. Yeah. For only like $300. Wow. It was adjoining with an adjoining balcony. Oh. Uh, who's and, your travel agent, John? Uh, that'd be Jeffrey Holland with Travelmation. Oh. Um, and I tell you guys, for all of your travel needs. I would say not a sponsor, but he technically is a sponsor because yeah. he's helped us so much that. Right. It's, a, it's almost a paid sponsorship. He is producing this right now. He's <laughs> the best. Person but, we know, but he's a great travel agent as well. Absolutely, and so, uh, so everybody got a side hustle now, y'all. Man, don't you got we to, though? In these streets, it's hard out here. I, I was know. telling Sadie the other day the story of our kid in Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, out in the rural areas of Knoxville, Straw Plains, who believed he was. And not that there's not gangs and stuff in Knoxville. <laughs> I'm not trying to besmirch, right. you know, the, he was not in a gang. The urban culture yeah. of Knoxville, but this was a. But Five foot three white kid. He had a true belief yeah. that he was like whatever rap songs he was listening to. He had a true belief that he was uh-huh. in that scene. Yeah. And so he walked in one night. Remember, and he was like, "Dude, man, it's hard out here in the East Coast." Yeah. And, and we were like, "You don't, you don't live on the East Coast. Yeah. You, you live, live in Straw Plains, Tennessee, like right near the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> like you are. It's hot out here in Appalachia. It is. That's where you live. But yes, it is. It is a." It was a it was a fun trip. Yes, and I'm really glad that we went. And that cruise ship, by the way, my 15th. When I went on, I, I had this flashback. I was sitting in this theater with Laura one day, and I had this flashback to my junior year of high school. When we took a junior class cruise, mm-hmm. and it was the same ship. Like I was like, I've been here before. Oh wow! And I suddenly recognized. And they had not updated. They had it. not updated anything. <laughs> same carpet. And it had been like 20. I years. left yeah. that stain. <laughs> I threw up there. I remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. It was good. <laughs> So we did do we did Bahamas. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Johnny. The coolest thing. Um we wanted to swim with the dolphins and that was all it was one of the one of the excur- excursions. Yeah. And they were That all, means they add things to yes. it. You go, Hey, look at this for all this one price you can do all this. Now if you want to do something cool, five thousand more dollars. 
How do you feel? Now, if you want a cup. Who's, who's a good dad? <laughs> <laughs> if you want a cup to put that drink in, yeah. then it's going to cost you. Yeah. Right. Um, the drinks are free, but the cups are $10 each. <laughs> so uh, we got off and went to what was called Blue Lagoon Island. Okay. And it was amazing. I yeah. mean, like the true blue and green water. I mean, the whole thing. So it's clothing optional. And I've seen the movie. Bro. Let me tell you something. I am weird because your family was all together. I am badly burned. (laughs) Anyway, um, we went in and we wanted to do this swim with the dolphin thing, and they were all sold out. And so, so the dolphins go. (laughs) Dolphins are like, we're done. That's all I'm. (laughs) We're not taking anymore. (laughs) They're very smart, Johnny. Everyone says it. Uh, They keep budgets. Somebody tries to cut line. Ah! (laughs) Not so fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's dolphin for not so fast. Yeah, the, the noise the dolphins did make, I mean, it sounded like a. I thought a child was either screaming in peril, in peril, or in <laughs> anger yeah. from the other side because it's all in the same spot. But we then settled for quote unquote uh-huh. swimming with sea lions. Oh yeah, oh I know you swam with them. I've seen the photos you, that you posed with the sea lion. Let me tell you something. Yeah, sea lions superior to dolphins. Yeah, like They're more personality. Well. So I learned a lot. So the difference between a sea lion and a seal, so they're okay. cousins, seals, and they taught the sea lion, by the way, how to show us what the seal does. This is how well the sea lions could be trained. They're like yeah. dogs. Yeah. They have the flippers, but they can stand up on them. Yeah, yeah. On the front, so they can walk around all fours. So they would climb up on this. You saw the picture. They'd climb up on this platform. Mm-hmm. And let you sit down in front of they them. They kiss you on the face. And they would say, all right, give them a hug. And he takes his flappers and, and gives you a hug. Oh. And they say, all right, uh, Go all, and they he put his head like on your head, yes. or his chin on your head. All right, stick out your tongue for the picture. Okay, give him a kiss. Gives you a kiss right in the cheek. Okay, clap. Like he had, or sorry, she. Her name was Bonnie. Bonnie had like a hundred different train tricks she could do. They give her fish every time. Not every time, but in between. Yeah. She knows the fish is coming. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they gave me one too. And, you know, oh, well, I was that's like, me. Oh, it was great. So. <laughs> that's great. It's very handy. <laughs> but it was like. Now, they did say, if yeah. you meet a sea lion in the wild, uh-huh. don't come anywhere near them. They will catch you on land and sea. Like, don't. Like, they'll bite your fingers off, and they're super. But this one's born into captivity. Oh. Wouldn't that a preach one, Johnny? So, yes, yeah, so this would have been trained. Yeah. So, it, it, so it let your defenses go down. You're like, look, it's just like the one we saw on the boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a barracuda just takes it really up. Is. Good don't, grief. Don't mess. Like if I think if you see a dolphin in the wild, you're probably fine. Oh man! If you see a sea lion. Now you I don't run. know sea lions. This is probably speaking to my. What ignorance. lions in the name? Right. Oh my These goodness! These things are lions of the sea. <laughs> that's different than chicken of the sea. I feel tuna. that they chose the wrong animal to call the lion of the sea. Because have you yeah. seen one? Yeah, they're and they're all smooth. They look like little Labradors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they have little little uh, ear flaps. So uh-huh. that's one thing. Seals don't have that. They have just like holes. The seals don't have the front flippers. We're so learning the, so much today. So the seals have to push themselves. You know, they just kind of push themselves with their back flippers, and they slide. And so they taught the sea lion how to show you how a seal does it. So you we don't, see the I saw your wife and daughter yesterday. We came to church, and I was like, how was the ship? And Curry and uh, Laura, Laura goes, so good, so good. And immediately Sadie goes, the sea lion farted in my dad's face. <laughs> She could not. She could not wait to tell me that the sea lion farted on she you. She also told me your reaction was less than, <laughs> like you. You didn't find it super funny. She's like, you know, Uncle Johnny was just kind of like, oh, what did you say? You said something like, <laughs> like I said, like that sounds about right, right, or something. <laughs> well, that happens, or something. You know, <laughs> I think she's wanting you to be like, oh my gosh, they do bravo. that. Yeah, she wants you to clap like a sea lion. Oh, uh, and, and then she gives me a fish. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, say I'm sorry. It was early. It's, church is early for me. I got up. Yeah. I got up at nine. I was at church at ten. I wasn't in my. I wasn't in the zone, Sadie. I apologize. I think it's a I, great story. Well, was, you could tell she was sitting on that. Though she was like, "I'm uh-huh. telling everybody I see today that, that I, a sea lion farted in my." And head. it did. So when you get down on this platform in the water, yeah. and the sea lion was that part of the tricks? Was yeah. it like now release? <laughs> like they just and then they, another fish. Well, they have toenails. Okay. That look like human toenails. All right. That's not the difference between them and seals. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like they'll tell Bonnie and she'll turn around back up to you where you can like see your flippers and toenails and stuff. Yeah. And so while we're doing that, yeah, it was a Sadie. I mean, it was classic. I mean, yeah. of course, the, the trainer's real funny. She's like, well, you were touching her butt. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what you want. You know, like it was a like and then at the end, she comes up and hugs you. Like she stands on the platform yeah. and hugs you. And you're like, you. not now. No, not no. Anymore. she wouldn't. I was the first one in line. She wouldn't hug me. Like, 
She kept saying this. She's like, Bonnie has attitude, guys. So sometimes she'd tell her to do something, she would just sit there and look at her. She's sassy. She's Thanks. a teenager. Yeah, it was very much that. And so she was supposed to hug me as the first one in line, and like it took her like four tries, and she wouldn't do it. I was like, you know, I was like, this is just like high school all over again, is what I said. And they all got a good laugh. I was the, I was the belle of the ball. You were. That's uh, great. You know, yeah. I was watching last week's episode to make the intro with Dave Barnes. Too. That was fantastic. It was great oh, having them, wow. Dave and John. Yeah. And uh, too many Johns. There's a lot show. of Johns. Too many Johns. But uh, three Johns and a Dave. That's our new sitcom. But uh, one thing I wanted to say was that I, I was I said something like Dadaville, and then I said because uh, I know we have people who correct our show. I said that I tried going on I couldn't get on Dadville, but I went on Dadaville, <laughs> and it's a philosophy podcast. Dada is an art; it's a form of art. It's surrealist art. It's not it's not philosophy. So just if you just in case someone wants to listen to that episode and try to correct me, uh, I realize now that Dadaism is a surrealist kind of art, not philosophy. I think you may be giving our listenership a little too much credit. You're right. Now. You're right. Because um, if they listen to us, the odds of them really. Well, I just think that that episode may be listened to by more people than our normal listenership because oh. it's got them on it. And then they're going to be like, these guys don't even know what Dada is. Oh, my gosh. I mean, their listenership is probably very similar to ours. Are you saying our listeners are dumb, John? Johnny, I'm saying we're dumb. I'm saying we shouldn't have to say so it. If they... <laughs> <laughs> Since we're dumb and they listen to us. Yeah. What does it say about them? I don't know. Also, be a patron. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway. You can support our dumb So show. while you were on a boat, I was grinding in the clubs, bro. I did club shows. I did I did, uh, six, I did five club shows uh, this last weekend wow. with that uh, Indian comic, Veer Das, yeah. that how I was, was telling you about. How was he? He was fantastic. And yeah. a sweet heart of a guy. Just a great guy. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing because when you think about it, He's super famous where he lives, and he's trying to, like, cut his teeth in the States. He's got a good following here, too, really yeah. good. But he's just, like, talking about going to uh, the, the comedy store and going to uh, the comedy cellar in New York and just, like, you have to get past there. Like, they have to tell you that you're a real boy, basically, wow. and that you can get regular spots there. You have to audition. So it's like, you show up there. He goes, you show up there, you got 8 million Twitter followers. They don't care. They're just like, let's see what you got, and you do a five-minute set. Wow. And so he was just talking about it, like, this is what you do. I want to be with the best. The American comics are the best comedians, and I want to. So it's just cool to see that he wasn't like, do you know who I am in India? Like, he was super cool yeah. and really funny. But it was interesting because his audiences were like, that these shows were like 80% Indian Americans. So it was like they were either here for, they came here to college, and they got tech jobs in state yep. or engineering jobs. And, I mean, it's really fascinating. And uh, so I was kind of – this is one of the reasons I wanted to do it because I was like, I'm interested to see if my stuff tr- translates. Yeah. You know. And culturally, it was so funny to watch. Like, I, I did well. All the shows went really well. Thank goodness. I was really relieved. But it was interesting to watch him get these gigantic laughs on this stuff that was very inside. It was almost like when I do comedy with church comics. Right, church, church, and they have yeah. very inside yeah. baseball kind of church stuff that only really deeply entrenched church people would understand, which I have very few of those jokes in my show for a reason, because I don't want to be that guy. But but this was, like, fascinating. Like, he had this one joke about – because he did a speech at the Kennedy Center called The Two India. So he's kind of political in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, he, his act was not political. But he has been outspoken on some things. And he got, like, branded a seditionist. He's, like, lawsuits against him. Wow. So he's, like, a little bit of a, an edgy, you know, as far as a personality. He's, he's, uh, he strikes a weird figure in, in his home country. So they, he said, they called me a soft terrorist on like nine news networks. Oh, wow. He goes, the BBC said, I divided a nation. And he goes, <laughs> I, I divided a nation? Because, you know, there's total imperialism and everything. <laughs> right. He goes, let me tell you something. And then he dropped a MF. But then he said, let me tell you something. When I finished my performance, they went to the lobby. When you finished your performance, we went to Pakistan. I was like, wow. wow. And the crowd lost their mind. Wow. It was just so interesting to see, like, yeah. the different styles. and uh, But he was really fascinating and such a cool guy and really funny. And, yeah, it was a great weekend. So I did those shows. And then I did uh, a show for Dry Bar oh, yeah. on uh, Tuesday at Zany's. And it was a full house. Really cool. And I got to meet the president of Dry Bar. Which, nice. Uh, yeah. Mr. Bar. Mr. Bar. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like I'm going to get to shoot another dry bar taping. All right, man. So, yeah, uh, in April. So out that's in, exciting. Out in, in Provo. Provo, Utah. Yeah. At Dry Bar Studios. Wow. So that'll mean uh, more content, more great content for you, the fine 
listeners and viewers. Well, your last one was top ten for last year. Guys, I don't even know how we can. I mean, how do you get any better than that? I mean, top five maybe. It's top. <laughs> why do you? Gotta, I'm very proud. Why do you got to do this? I'm very proud every of you. time you do this. <laughs> but then I did a thing in. Um, I was at Opryland Hotel for the NRB. I did a dry bar thing there. Yeah, and. Uh, so that was I did that as like, hey, I'll do this for the dry bar people because mm-hmm. it was really like the NRB was just like not my exactly my cup of tea, but it was great. Everybody was sweet to me there. It was fun, but it reminded me I was walking by and because uh, I was walking, I parked in the non-paid at the mall. Yeah, oh yeah. And just walked the mile to oh, yeah. get to the hotel because I'm like, I'm not paying twenty five dollars no. to park here, and so and I lived to regret it because it's freezing mm. and drizzling and whatever. So I was like, uh, but I walked by the place where they do the ice, you know, every. Uh-huh. You've ever taken Sadie to that? You guys go? My dad used to take the kids, yeah. the grandkids to that. Yeah. So it reminded me of like, so when we, the kids sometimes come, my, my nieces come in sometimes for Christmas the week after. And so the week between Christmas and New Year's, I was like, oh, this is great. And they had just started fostering Nettie, my niece, who's now five. Yeah. But she was basically a newborn. She was like a month or two old. And they're still doing that weird swaddling thing where that she's strapped to you. You know what I'm saying? They oh, got yeah. that thing that just, she's just on there all the time. And <laughs> I go, well, there's this thing. Cause Hayden, my niece was like 10 or 11 at the time. And I was like, we could all go to this thing, this ice thing. And, uh, I got his tickets and blah, blah, blah. And it's great. And I was just trying to be the good uncle. And then we get in there. I didn't realize it's like 20 below because they have to keep, you're in a freezer. Yeah. I took a newborn, <laughs> As an uncle into a freezer, yeah, and uh, that's, that's not a good. We're putting on these parkas, and she's like underneath. They're putting these wrapping, oh, and my gosh, you know, she uh, Tara, my uh, sister, she's wrapping the, and she's just kind of mm, this is fine. I'm just yeah. like we're this baby's gonna you, get hypothermia, and I'm the worst uncle ever. You don't because I wanted to show him the Grinch <laughs> in ice form, <laughs> but it is. It's a deep freezer. Well, it I is. mean, it makes sense, but it's like you're taking kids into the freezer. <laughs> You should have thought of Take better care of your kids. Like, when did you first realize that your whole way of thinking is sadistic and like that you don't care about children? Right now. This is it. This This is is the moment it happened. This this began Johnny's life of an insidious crime. This intervention. That's fine. Anyway, it's been coming a long time. (laughs) (laughs) So it's time for us to talk about the falls. Yeah, we're going to actually put a button on here. That so we'll, like a warning. Yeah. Whenever we talk about sports, because our good friend Roy, who doesn't do sports at all. Yeah. Anytime on staff we talk about sports at all, he always says, oh, we're talking about sport ball. Sport ball. So we're making a sport ball, you know, like a warning kind of yeah. thing. So if you're listening, what we aim to do yeah. is to make sports accessible. You know, like if you don't like it, you're not like, enough access to sports. Is that what you're saying? Like, no, you're it's like, you know what? I didn't like sports before, but after listening to Johnny and John. Your nuanced opinions. Yeah. I, which we do have a different take on things sometimes because you are. Oh, here we go. A very, what I would call myopic. Wow. Fan. You, you think that the world is out to get us. No. And that you, nobody, nobody. You were a devil's was, advocate because yesterday. I'm not just being a contrarian though. You, I really knew that we were going to, everybody in the whole thing said the Vols are probably going to get a three seed and they're going to be upset. Everything I heard was two. No. Here, here's well, Lenardi was saying it right after we won the SEC championship. He goes, they're still going to be on the three line. You were agreeing with me yesterday. The Vols got a three seed yesterday. You, you were know, agreeing with me yesterday. Even after winning the SEC championship. they won. Okay, let's let's stop there because I hate that the biggest event yeah. in Tennessee basketball probably in 40 years is eclipsed now by their seeding the same – because Selection Sunday happens the same night as yeah. the championship game. Right. The University of Tennessee Volunteers men's basketball team right. won the SEC tournament, which they have not done since it, 1979. It was amazing. It was great. I was four months old, Johnny. Yeah. Whenever we won this the last Coincidence? Time. I, maybe. So someone asked me if I remembered. I was like, absolutely, I remembered. And so oh, that means that means Alan Houston. I mean, a Hall of Famer. Chris Lofton, all those great Chris Pearl Lofton, teams. Chris Lofton, you know, yeah. all the way through the Pearl teams with the Smiths and everyone. Yeah. Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. I mean, like, we had some amazing teams. Yeah. None of them have done no. what Tennessee pulled off yesterday with mm-hmm. Coach Barnes. And so congratulations, University of Tennessee, to the balls. I mean, and they're a great team, Johnny, to watch. Like, they're very— they're great. They play together. They make the extra pass. They're fun to watch. I totally agree. Best defensive team we've ever had. Um, well, yeah, they're number three in the nation in defensive 
um, whatever the stats are. Efficiency. The metrics. But also their assist to shot ratio. Mm-hmm. I want to say yesterday it was 19 assists to 21 field goals made. Yeah. That's very uncommon. Right. Almost every field goal is an assist. I want that preach. We need to be assisting each other. Gosh, don't go gosh. ISO out there in the world. No. We don't need you going one-on-one with the devil. No. Wait. Or, that really does preach because it's like he sent him out two by two. My mom used to always say that. Mm-hmm. Jesus used the buddy system. He she did. would say that because I didn't want to go to the mall with my brother. <laughs> I'd be like, I just want to go. You know, mom, I think you're proof no, texting. Jesus used the buddy system. And he did. So, and you need to but, hold hands. I'd be like, we're 15, mom. <laughs> but when she sent you, did she tell you to go do miracles and shake the dust off your feet if they don't accept you? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't remember. I, I would have brought that I up. I remember I did do miracles. <laughs> But and you came most back, of them involved producing a, a gigantic corn dog. <laughs> you came back after to your mom I had given them with a Z Cavarici bag, oh, yeah. and you were like, "You should have seen it, mom. Even yeah. even the rayon yeah. was obedient to us in Jesus' name, or whatever." And it's a weird story. <laughs> so um, anyway, <laughs> all that said, we're excited about the Vols. John is upset about their seating. I kind of saw it coming because it's a TV show. They're going to choose the pretty, or they're going to choose UK and Duke over us because. It just is going to be better for fans. See, I think the difference between me and you is, is they have they have the resume over the course of the last ten years. This is this is very listen. This is a truth about me that's a yes. problem, and uh-huh. it can be a strength. Yeah. Mostly, a problem yeah. is that I am completely overwhelmed uh-huh. and unable to let go of major systemic changes that are needed in a way of thinking. Okay, the so, way these, so these systemic changes that the, you would want to see I, would here, put the, ball, the balls at, what, a one seed? No, a two. A you two. don't think we deserve a one after winning the SEC championship? Wow, see, Lord, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it would have been hard to knock any of the other one seeds out. Yeah. Okay? A two. I will say that our friend Larry, who is a Kentucky fan, uh-huh. rabid Kentucky fan, made this lamp for us. He, he's been text, he was texting me uh-huh. after the win. Great win. This is a great team. And then when the seating happened, he said, Vol Twitter is unusually salty tonight. He goes, but you probably des- we probably deserve it. Because Kentucky got a two. Kentucky everybody. got a two. And here's the thing. Kentucky, Even though we beat them two out of three times. We beat them two out of three times. Yeah. We had zero quad two to four losses and like yeah. seven quad one wins or 11. How many I don't even it? know what the quads are. No, but don't explain that. It means Nobody the quality of team that you beat or lose to. So just say that strength of schedule. Your strength of schedule was four. Uh-huh. And Duke, who's a two seed, their strength of schedule is like twenty. I tore my quad one yesterday. Did you? Uh, yeah, getting out of bed I'm too soon. It. Yeah, get I slept done. wrong. You're still on the floor in the mattress. <sighs> no, I'm. We're up. We're up a little bit high, but it's it's not it's not as high as the other bed. We bought a platform. Okay, but he won't climb into it. We have the uh, little steps. He gets up in it, yeah. Toby. He cl- we put the, we built the we have we, the steps. We I the, get it. We went to the farmers co op. Near oh. us, uh, what was it called? Tractor Supply, and then we saw this thing, and it's steps that are plastic to get onto a horse. Okay. So humans use it to get up high enough to get onto the horse. Yeah. So I was like, this would be perfect. We don't have to build a set of steps. So we bought. And that. you could use them too. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Get into the cabinet, whatever. And so we we put it up against the bed, and he gets in the bed like for a few seconds every night, and then he just goes, and then he gets in the floor. Wow. But it's, a, it's for us. It's, it's enough for us, I guess. But anyway, all that said, we're a little higher than we were. We're not on the floor. So I don't have to, ah, like I'm climbing right. out of a well. But Not pulling your quad. No, not one. pulling the quad. Yeah. Just the quad, too. Yeah. But anyway, back to the balls. Well, what I'm just going to say is, yes. is, that, is that on every metric, uh-huh. every metric, our numbers are twice as good as Duke. I don't know if twice as good. I agree with you. No, I looked at the numbers. I'm telling you. I agree with you that we deserve... More respect than we got. The problem but, is, but these kids can use this. The problem this is, this is how you coach. Here's the systemic issue: is what you said. Yeah, you said that Duke is deserves this more for the last ten years or whatever. What does that have to do? See, this is where it's a problem. It is. It's more than just stats, because though. it's, it's Coach the K's in the room. last season, right. and it's That's this, it's it. this blue blood team, and suddenly right. they want to see Coach K make the Final Four. Like, could you imagine year. if we judged games like that? If we're like, you know, but there te- are a lot of judgment calls in games. You know, too. technically Tennessee scored more points, but you know what? Duke's been really good the last ten years. We're gonna go ahead and award the win to Duke. That's yeah. basically what they just did. Mm. Because seeding really, really matters. Like your path to the fun if there's a path to the fun, it's almost like elections. Like you may not think that Rhode Island or Delaware or whatever, that those little states matter, but there is a formula. 
And it yeah. really does. That's why they call them swing states. They may have a very few number of electoral votes, but it's a huge number when compared to everything else. The path, like Kentucky has, the easiest path right now to the Final Four, most people think. And they didn't even win the SEC. They didn't win the regular season or the, or the tournament game. So you think this is a corrupt, fraudulent process? I'm saying I don't understand it, and I want someone on the committee to come on the podcast. You're the Mike Lindell of I am not the Mike Lindell. I will say that he has really comfortable pillows. My wife is searching right now for alternative my pillows. Oh wow. Is there a I was like, what are they? Our pillows? Is there like a progressive is there like a more progressive uh, I don't know. It's a more centrist pillow. Because they don't last forever and no. I'm gonna need one. I have sleep issues. I didn't sleep at all last night. You say pillows don't last forever. I've got pillows that need desperately to be retired. Uh Bro, they are it. they are flat. They are yeah, they're not good. And then when you take the case off them, you're like, Ooh, Ooh, are yeah. we producing syrup out of our mouths <laughs> at night? What is happening to these pillows? Speaking of, do you – I only wear a dress shirt. Was I murdered in my sleep? <laughs> this is not a stain I am comfortable having on a pillow. Do you get the stains around your collar and your dress shirts like your white dress shirts? John, I don't wear white dress shirts. I don't either. Like once or twice a year for a funeral or a wedding now do I wear a dress shirt. And the other day for the cruise, I take out the white dress shirt that I haven't worn. Right around in, the collar. It looks as if, again, someone took shoe polish. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what is coming Maybe off you of me? you sweat a lot when you're doing uh, these high-profile events where you're dressed up nice. But it just so it sits creates there like a little stain. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like she had to take OxyClean, and she got it cleaned out. But Not a sponsor. It was, yeah. It worked. Guys. That guy. He knew what he was talking about. <laughs> and you about. can wash your MyPillow, by the way, okay. and dry it. But I don't think it's ever the same. But Honestly, I got to stop supporting insurrection, so we need to find a way to get another pillow. Also, I want to sleep. We need to make our own company, like a Christian pillow, thy pillow. <laughs> thy pillow. <laughs> yes. So you, could reach, you could reach the same kind of people who would buy my pillow, right. but they, they think, oh, this is even more this is godly. Thy pillow. This is thy pillow. Yeah. Wow. When thou need a good night's sleep. When thou needest. Needest, yeah. When thou needest rest. <laughs> We could, yeah, come unto me, all you who are weary yeah. and heavy laden. When you're ready to lay down in green pastures oh and restore goodness. your soul, come on, reach thy for pillow. thy pillow. Thypillow.com. Guys, we're doing it. Somebody's buying that domain right, right now. Right now, yeah, because <laughs> they want to stop us from making the millions. They probably should. I have had multiple million-dollar ideas. We talked about it. Yeah. But literally, guys. Some of them have already happened, though, right? No, that's what I'm saying. I thought of Memoji. But you didn't do anything to make no, it. No, 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 no. I tried. Okay. I met with an app developer. Yeah. I met with everyone tech that I could. Do you think that app developer like took your idea and then ran I don't know. With it? All I know is Apple now has thing. Memoji and someone's the making a billion dollars. If you were kids dollars. and you see those invention sites, they'd be like, you got an invention? Send your idea to us and this, we'll send you an envelope and you mail it to us right. and then we'll take your idea. And I'd be like, yeah, you'll, yeah, take, you'll my, take my idea. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that time that guy in Knoxville was like, hey, can you write all your song lyrics on oh, this right, sheet, on this letterhead? And I was I like, uh, does that. Does that mean that I'm publishing my songs with you? He's like, well. He's like, why did you always ask me that? He was like, he got irritated with you when you wouldn't do it. He was like, yeah, but I was like, I'm, I'm not doing that. We don't have, you know. And I didn't, Johnny. And you know what those songs have you done. You shook his hand, it burned. <laughs> <laughs> and you, listen, and I stand by the results yeah. of my long, illustrious songwriting you, listen, career. You didn't sell out. Nope. And I didn't we, sell and our show And our shows didn't either. Uh, we. <laughs> Could not get people to come listen my to our soul. music. No songs and did not sell my soul. In keeping my soul, also, I kept a sense of poverty. But don't you feel better in that poverty? Don't you feel like a sense of superiority I, over I, other poor people? It's weird. I feel nothing. So, you know, my favorite lines in the office, Sadie was watching The Office of the Night, is when he's in Michael Scott Paper Company. And, okay, what was the boss that came in during that time? He's the British actor. Oh, uh,. What's his, what, was his, what was his character name? Charles. Okay. Remember Charles? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Charles. Idris Elba. Thank you. Gazunta. Uh, I don't know. What, what did you say? <laughs> Idris Elba. He's like Oh, a, that's his name. Okay. Yeah, that's his name. And so he came in and he goes, Michael, uh, I want you to leave the employees alone. You know, stop coming into the office and talking to them. Do you understand? And he looks at him and he goes, I understand nothing. <laughs> That's my new go-to line right now. So That's good. If yeah. Laura goes, like, hey, do you understand? I'm like, I understand nothing. Uh, which is Can you true. declare bankruptcy and then storm out? Gosh, it's so good. Sadie asked me, do you think that's Michael – or sorry, uh, Steve Carell's most famous character? I was like, oh, by far. Yeah. It's, our, it's amazing that he was able to escape it, honestly. Yeah. To go on to do other things. Yeah. Because, like, he has done so many other cool things. 
and uh, you know he, he's done the Despicable Me movies and he's yeah. done the other things, but it's like he was able to get out from under the shadow of that, and that's really I think he got out in the nick of time. You I watch, think he knew. Have you watched Space Force? Uh, I've seen season one. I'm not seeing season two. Season one was just okay. I have season two. Yeah, it's just I'll give it another chance. It's just okay. Yeah, I watched one episode of season two, and it's just okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like the whole idea was kind of making fun of the idea of a space force, and now I think is it become more, is it become more important? I don't know. Like people acting like no, no, space force is like legit. Yeah. Because the whole idea of like satirizing it was like, what kind of stupid person would focus on this that we need a, a military force in space? And now we're like, no, I don't. You don't know you what know. you don't know what we know. Maybe right. that's the truth. Is what if we, what if our things like the government's like? No, no, no. Just trust us on this. We need a space force. What if we don't know what we don't know? Wow! Come on now. And that, the funny thing is, is that show for all mankind that came out at the same time, which is a actual drama. So that always happens in Hollywood. You know, there'll be like two very similar things. Yeah. Like Armageddon and uh, Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Then you had the two volcano movies, Dante's and Peak and you, Volcano. You had the two White Earp movies. Yeah. Tombstone White Earp and Tombstone. Earp, which I don't think I ever watched White Earp. Is three and a half hours. Wow. Is it Kevin Costner? He was in that period of like, you know what? And now, if you notice that this bothers me, mm. every movie feels like it needs to be three hours now. Mm. Like I went and saw this movie with Channing Tatum, uh, where he's got to take a dog that's like being retired from yeah. the military. You know, it's really like heartwarming. It was like an hour, 40 minutes. And I was like, this is a movie. Yeah. You remember when this, when a movie was like an hour and 40, you had your day left. Yeah. Now it's like, everything has to be an epic. You're like, Every movie I watch now, including like the new Batman, which I liked, but I was like, it's 30 minutes too long. Wow. I liked it, and it's too much. It's like when you eat ice cream and you're like, I'm going to finish this, but this is not good for me. <laughs> you know, I should have stopped. I shouldn't have put this much in the bowl. Yeah. They put too much ice cream in the bowl. But unlike a ice cream, you could just stop eating. But the movie, if you just stop watching, you don't know how to end it. What am I? You got you know. What and technically, I've, stop never, eating. I've never what stopped eating on ice cream. <laughs> on the cruise, Laura's like, I had the plate, and then I'd be eating. Because, you know, you get all these different course options. Yeah. So, of course, Sadie doesn't eat much. It's like, well, i got to try that. I mean, I'm here. This is all paid for, you know. So I end up eating off of everyone's course. And she's like, you know, you don't have to eat all of it. I was like, you don't understand me at all. Yeah. Like, how many years do I have to be married before you, like, don't eat at all? Like, I'm the captain of the clean plate Remember club. the cones, the, the <clears throat> ice cream cones used to be called Eat It All. That was the brand name on the cone. It was, like, stamped on it. They started the movement. It was bro. like it's subliminal messaging for kids. There's like you're eating the cone. You look down. The, you're eating the ice cream. Eat it, Eat it all. all. It's like it's it sticks in your head. <laughs> Clean plate club. Yeah, that was the thing when we were kids. Yeah. Clean plate club. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro. Also known as diabetics. Man, if I could, if I could stop missing being... foot club. <laughs> That's, come on, man. We're teaching. Yeah, we are. We do. We teach kids to like you know. You get a little reward if you – and I get it because some kids, like, they won't eat when they're little kids. They're finicky yeah. and they take two more bites, two more bites, buddy. I've seen that move. Yeah. And they want to eat gummy bears. You eat two more bites of your peas and you can have, have gummy one bear. gummy bear. Right. And that's, you know, you do a but little trade-off. teaching them if you overeat, you can have dessert. Yeah. Right. They're like, but I'm full. No, you shove more of this food in and then I'll give you treats. And then you can shove more food in that's even worse for you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't think we've proven that gummy bears are bad. Um, have we proven that they're good? No. What have we proven at all? I think they're inert. I haven't read any recent studies on gummy bears. I think they're inert. You know, it's just like the internet, John. Mm. It's not good or bad. It's a tool in the hands of of... an angry population. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great having you here Sunday. You know, it was great to be here. What a great service. I thought it was a great service. I did too. I mean, we... That's one of my favorite ones that I've ever been to at this church. Man, well, number one, our new worship director got to co-lead. They're not technically here yet. She's unbelievable, Abby and man. She was fantastic. I thought she sounded like Miley Cyrus. I told our group that at lunch. I don't know if anybody else heard it, but I heard Miley Cyrus in there. That's great. Yeah. I mean, she um, is a great piano player. Yeah. She was playing in B. I don't know what that means. What is that? Is that a tip of difficult? In B, I mean, again, all the piano players who are really piano players are listening like, oh, it's easy, but. Like, if I'm going to play a song in B, and I do a lot of songs in B right now, mm-hmm. I'm going to transpose that keyboard or put a capo on my guitar. Like, you wouldn't play in B without capo, and would no, you? No, not on guitar. You'd play lead or whatever, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but you wouldn't, like, if you were trying to carry all the, the chords. The chords are not you know, as fun. 
especially if it's like a hymn, because we did that one, uh, that Shane and Shane song, that my portion, it has a chord of every word because it's, it's a modern hymn, you know? Mm. And so, dude, she was, she was a pro. She was she great. She was really so great. kind and did a great job. They're sweet people. I've not met, uh, I've not met her husband yet. Jake. Who's the new youth pastor. Yeah. They met with the kids last night. So they're transitioning right now out of, of where they are. So it won't be till April to their official yeah. all the way, but they're here at staff meetings and we're doing some events with the kids and stuff. And she's going to lead some here and there just to kind of get used to the band and what we're doing. But that was great. And then yesterday we talked about, obviously, just the tragedy in the Ukraine and gave options. Uh, one of those I'm very close to. And I'd like yeah, to talk about some charities uh, to help with. Yeah. Yeah. Crisis aid, guys. If you haven't, I posted on my Instagram. You can go check it out. Crisis Aid is an amazing organization. I wrote a book for their founder that comes out sometime this year. We're not sure when. But I am not lying when I say that. Some of the stories I wrote, his name is Pat Bradley, uh, and you should follow Crisis Aid on Instagram. I'm not sure I've ever written stories like this in all the books I've done. Like for the last 30 years or so, when there is something that goes wrong, natural disaster or humanitarian crisis, like Crisis Aid is – one of the first on the ground at the point where people in the greatest need at the greatest point of danger. So the tsunami, the earthquake uh, in Haiti, like, uh, and then after nine 11, the dude's just an ad agency guy. Like he's not a professional. He's not a pastor or anything. It's like, yeah, just someone that passionate that God moved in his heart to refuse to do nothing. That's one of his things. That's going to refuse to do nothing about this. The dude hopped a plane because where the book opens, he's in Pakistan and he finds himself driving through, you know, as as all these refugees are fleeing because America is bombing Afghanistan, and he's taking relief uh, supplies to a camp where people are out exposed in the cold. They're yeah. having to dig holes to try to get out of the cold. That's all they can do. All of a sudden, he's in Pakistan, and these trucks pull up, and these dudes get out with AK-47s and surround him and, and his partner. I mean, he's like, I've gone too far. And he's great. I mean, I'll let you read the book. Um and he's like, this is it, you know, and he has all the, if he has, if he has one of those stories, he has like 70 of them. That's it's wild. crazy. And they're there and he thinks, well, I'm about to die. And the translator finally talks to them and says, actually, they knew, they found out you were coming and they're here to escort you because you, huh. you won't make it. You won't make it there without them escorting you. The UN was dropping supplies about two miles away. They were afraid to go in because it's so dangerous. He went in and spent like, I don't know, a month, two months in that camp. And was having, you know, he sitting, uh, having dinner with their leaders because they're like, you know, you're the only people that will come help us. And so, like, anyway, crisis aid is helping right now in the Ukrainian refugee crisis. And so, and wow. as well as Convoy of Hope are doing a lot of great things. So check out um, those organizations, guys. And it's just something we need to be aware of. But we, we talked about it yesterday. And I thought that was. Yeah, that was great. What the church should be doing, you know. Yeah, man, it was really cool. And then. uh I just thought the whole service was good. And then your sermon was like short. I was like, this guy Bro, gets it. It was 20 minutes. We were at the Mexican restaurant so fast. Yeah. Huge table. I mean, what I remember yesterday was from church was the cheese dip was good. <laughs> That's what. Best service ever. <laughs> well, and so we also did a promo for our recovery. Well, That's one of the reasons weeks. that yeah. you had your short sermon because cool. the service was devoted to some of that. Right. So Jimmy, out. our friend Jimmy. Uh, if you ever watch him or old videos, he was clogged the bounty plumber. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's got a huge flowing, would you call it a mullet? When he goes down to your, to your butt, though. It's like a it's mullet. down, you know, it's a big, like, heavy metal guy. And gave his he gave his story yesterday. It was just unreal. It was really great. Just unreal. And uh, so we pr- promoted that. But then we knew either I had to scrap, then we did a Bible Project video. Yeah, you can't come off of that. And first, first of all, it's tough to follow. Yeah. Because Jimmy got like a standing O. Oh, it was great. And then it was just a very deeply moving testimony. And then come off of that, there's a great video that you guys showed about, uh, you know, um, what was it? I mean, it basically was about equity and justice. Yeah. yeah. And so, and the, what the Bible says about justice. And so then you come off of that and I was like, if John comes out here and does a 45 minute sermon. Oh, we're done. This, I can't, I can't stay at this church. <laughs> I love John. I'll keep doing the podcast, but we're going to move on. Well, I'd already prepped it before I left, you know, <laughs> and Andrew and I had a lot of conversations when I got home. We could either push justice another week because he'd, he'd read the notes. Bro, won't Boy, guys, isn't that we have been, been doing, doing that for, oh, my <laughs> you know, or, and I said, look, this is actually a good exercise for me lately because mm-hmm. I did this the other day. Remember that 12 minute and 47 second sermon? Yeah. For Acts 2, 42 to 47, and it's actually really good for me. Yeah. So, because I do tend to do you find not. Your, you know, do you, here's what I do. If I know I've got like a seven-minute set to do, and 
I sometimes I'll, I'll write out like, okay, here's the jokes I want to do. And then I won't even look at it to go like, is this seven minutes of jokes? And I'll have like 14 minutes of jokes on that page. Uh-huh. And then I'll start speaking faster. Do you ever find yourself doing oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes when I get nervous, I'll speed up and I'm already kind of a rapid fire comic anyway. Yeah. And so it's not good. But I just wonder if you're in a position like that where you go, I need to keep this 20 minutes. We need to be succinct here. If you go, but I got 40 minutes of content. Get rid of I'm fire hosing oh, this. I've done it plenty of times. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just, you drown them in it. So I tried, I decided, like, I'm not going to tell a bunch of stories in between. Oh, I thought it was great. I'm just going to do it. And the the thing is, without the video, I would have been less comfortable. You left us wanting more, John. <laughs> I don't know if we That's did or not. You. I don't That's think I've you. ever left anybody That's wanting more. I was like, oh, we're done here. Okay. It was 20 oh. minutes. And that was my goal. I was like, I'm going for 20. Yeah. And I was praying at 20. So I'm not going to count the prayer because it was like 2045 or whatever oh, when I finished. Boy. I mean, all you people with legalism out there. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it was um, – but I think you have that um, – guys, if you haven't watched the Bible Project videos. Oh, that was one of the best ones out. I've ever seen. Oh, the way they did the almost cardboard box-looking planes yeah. being pushed up and down. There's talking about basically societal – Privilege and even if it's un- unintended or you right. know, we, 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 not we, your direct fault, but it's like you're benefiting from it. Yeah, you're oppressing the vulnerable. It's kind of the way – it's it's the, the downstream of the fall of man is oppressing those, especially the vulnerable. And even people who are oppressed then go on to oppress right. others. Right. It kind of leaves – I mean it gave a great picture of how it works on an individual and a societal level and then also – uh, how we're all a part of it. Yeah. You know, we need to link that video in the notes. I'll link it when I put the yeah. intro out. It's so great. But, you know, that video makes it where I'm comfortable to not have to say everything yeah. I want to say. You know, No, it's great. And I think more churches need to use that because I think we got into a time in churches where it became all about programming, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like basically just prepackaged. Yeah. And then you got into a backlash against that where it's like, I'm not using any content except for like what I got, you know, from directly from the manna from heaven. Yeah. And then you just have a guy talking for 45 minutes yeah. with no help. Yeah. That got real stale. So I think you got to have a balance. You do. And but I agree with you about a video saying some things. I think that's one of the reasons I'm brought in sometimes to talk to churches is I can be funny, but I can also hit a couple of issues that the pastor wishes he could. Oh, yeah. Because I can say it in a funny way. Mm-hmm. But a pastor, I've had pastors say it to me. I'm really glad that you said this one thing. You know, yeah. be like, oh, that's just a thing I've been doing for years. And they go, yeah, but I can't say that here. <laughs> Bro, we did a, Reggie and I did a video for a church. Um, I need to go find it. I think they've used it. It was going to be their Sunday morning. It was like a, a I don't know, 40 minute interview yeah. they did with us, their video, Zoom. And he kept asking me questions. Mm-hmm. Normally on those, I'll, you know, we know what we're going to talk about, you know. And man, he started down some of the lines, and it was a white church, you know, some of the lines of, how this is hitting people ideologically on the political spectrum. <clears throat> and I read a very fascinating – I was reading a book, and it talked about the fact that there was a prediction by someone, uh, a theologian or social scientist or someone, that a post-Christian society – and so what we mean by post-Christian is it's not without Christian values. Yeah, It means it once held to Christian values or, or at least stated that that's what it was. And then you come to a place where now we no longer say we need Christ, but we still hold to some of the Christian ethics and morals, Mm -hmm. but we define them for ourselves. But we know there's a line. Right. But everyone's lines are a different place. It's like a God of Rome making. Right. But it comes out of the fact that society used to. You know, yeah. try to have a line that. Or there's was, like echoes of it. And I'm not one of those people that thinks everything in our past was some like Christian utopia. I think that's a complete rewrite of history. Right. I, I do think that there was an acknowledgement of of God or Jesus's ways that wasn't always lived, but was seen as a line. Mm-hmm. Um, and they missed that line a lot. I mean, they did that at the same time that, you know, they were oppressing black and brown people with no conscience within of that being something that would go against God's ways. Um, certainly the secret sins, the idea that you hide your sin you know, so yeah. that you look the part. I mean, that's not at all a Christian value. But the post-Christian, the prediction was once people still try to cling to some level of morality mm-hmm. as they define it. And again, the greatest sin right now is judging another. Yeah, like That's where most of the line is. How dare you? I, I get to choose... This is my authentic self, right. and now the new value system is but not— condemn you for being judgmental. Right. 
The yeah. new the new line is no longer to become something because a higher power is helping you move forward to it. Yeah. So by denying certain parts of your your uh, the term scripturally be flesh, but certain parts of that sort of animalistic part of you mm-hmm. that has just reactions, you know, like my dog sees a rabbit and doesn't go, hmm, I wonder how that rabbit's day was. Maybe I shouldn't chase him. Like he's just he's just right. going to chase. But a human, if we see something in life, whether it's, you know, a, a person of another, you know, of the opposite gender that we're attracted to, whether we see something in traffic that we can be angry to, like we have a moment to go, I can empathize. I can know, right. hey, that's a human or that's a person having a bad day or like – so we get to reason. And the whole point of that is is how we reason now has changed to the new value is my goal in life is not to become someone different than I am by outside yeah. you know, help and through community. My goal is to be my authentic self. Right. Self-actualization. Right. That's yeah. the, new, the new sort of goal. Become your authentic self. And it is a sin now back to the morality – it is considered almost a sin in this culture, they wouldn't use that word, to deny someone or to speak out to say, maybe I don't want to become authentic self or maybe the authentic self you're becoming is right. not the best goal for you. Right. I want to rise above that. They're like, why? You just, you're not, you're right. not being yourself. Yeah. Be true to yourself. Fat, most fascinating thing is uh, the, the expression, the heart wants what it wants. Uh-huh. Do you know where it came from? <laughs> Woody Allen. I remember he said that. I was going to say yeah. Woody Allen because I remember he said it after the Sun Yi thing. Yep. Literally, Ugh. even today, the fact that he married his stepdaughter yeah. was having a sexual affair with his stepdaughter when she was way underage. Right. Eventually married her. Even today, most people have a line. They go, wow, he crossed something there. It's yeah. uncomfortable. And in one of the interviews, he said, well, you know, the heart wants what, what it wants. wants. And somehow... Out of that thing that we most people I know would right. still We're grossed out by, right? Somehow that became a mantra. It's crept in now, where it's yeah. a good thing now to say. Yeah, well, the heart wants what it wants. Yeah, it's like osmosis into society, and we all go, "Well, yeah, that's that's the standard." Yeah. Of how we evaluate how we're going to live, I don't, I don't and it that. came from something that most of us would still reject, and so you get into this idea of the post-Christian prediction was once that goes downstream what will emerge is a religion of politics that's literally what they said it will be a religion of politics because no longer because Christianity historically is marked by the way that you treat your enemies Mm -hmm. so we've removed that part of the Christian morality so now we can say um, how you speak how you vote uh, how you care about certain subsets of people but not others and a lot of those things are good. They're, again, they're a part of, of you know, morality and even Christian informed morality. But you remove like the central tenet of it all, yeah. Which was, I mean, honestly, how we care in community for one another and the way that we treat one another is what the world will see. Yeah. And specifically, those who disagree with us or want to harm us, we're supposed to serve them. In fact, and and we're not supposed to be. If, right. if you're the greatest leader, you're supposed to be the first yeah, one to like serve. Yeah, it's like we pick and choose. We want to take the grace from the New Testament for ourselves, but we want to go Old Testament on our enemies. Boom. You know? Yeah. We want to still live out that side of it. No, no, they have to. We have to destroy the Amalekites. Right. Or the Democrats. Right. Or whatever. Or whomever. Whoever the, whoever the perceived enemy is. Yep. They have to be utterly destroyed because they're a threat to us. Yes. So we're still like, we're not living completely under the grace mindset if we're... No. Yeah. Well, we don't... Well, we believe they need it more than... We believe they need it more than us. They're yeah. not taking it. Right. So therefore, they've rejected it. And so the new the new religion, mm-hmm. as predicted yeah. for a lot of people, and it's still called Christianity often, but it is wrapped up in, and I don't just mean a governmental political stance, but... It's political, ideological tribes. Yeah. Now I identify more. Well, you're identifying by what you do and what you believe versus what you have received from God. In other words, like, it's like that's the whole thing. Wasn't it Plato versus Aristotle? You are what you continually do versus you you are, you know what I'm saying? Like You do what you continually are. Yeah, that kind of a thing. It's like that that, uh, juxtaposition of their different schools of thought. And, uh, yeah, but it's so funny because you see people like that, that are like politically very left, but then I'll see like their Instagram, uh, and they will be like influencers and they're talking about like bettering themselves constantly. Yeah. So it's like they're, it's, it's weird. It's like they're in dissonance with each other. Right. They my authentic just, self. I gotta find my right. authentic self, but also like I train every day because you can't take a day off because you have to make yourself into yeah. this thing that you're not. 
And it's like, okay, it's, it's real. It's interesting. And I think we all have those things. We all have those cognitive dissonances within us for sure. Yeah. But American society or Western society in general, I think is, is grappling with yeah. those tensions, these two things of our history informing us, even if we reject it, it still informs for us a methodology, like you said, of self-improvement yeah. that we also deny or that we only take in silos. Yeah. I will improve myself physically. I will not tolerate a bad relationship. It's not worth working on. If you can't handle me yep. at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Right. So Even though that person may be trying to be their authentic their self. Their authentic too. self. <laughs> yeah. You meet people's authentic self. Well, your authentic self. self is a jerk, and so I've decided you're not good enough. You're toxic now. Yeah. Right. And we cut you out. Yeah. When, like, the way of Christ is way more nuanced, and, and the formation, spiritual formation happens over lifetime. Yeah. Not over minutes. It happens over, and that was, it's an amazing book, and I'll talk about it later, but it talks about how we've used the cross now Mm -hmm. as this, and I do, when we teach, it's like, guys, Jesus went to the cross so that you don't have to, and that is true for eternity, but scripturally, Jesus went to the cross for us on earth so that we can also go to the cross, just not the literal cross, but he's constantly calling you to a place of, of a death of one thing right. so that another thing can live. Right. Laying down right. laying down your own wishes and your own desires. But it's so offensive now right. to say that there may be instincts or things within me that I need to fight against or reject. No, no, no. And it, it, it's I'm telling you, bro, that's the slope. The slope is if I live my life thinking it's repression to deny myself something. Mm-hmm. And repression's a greater sin now than oppression. Right. It were just as much to people like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't tell someone they shouldn't do what, what they feel. Oh, sure. It's like uh, Adele was like this big symbol for people who are heavier because she was this big star and has this great voice. And then she decides to get healthy and lose the weight. And there were, I saw groups like shaming her for getting thin, for taking control of her own health. She was like, I needed to get healthy. And I took a year and just like yeah. during the pandemic and just like ate right and did this thing and got with a trainer and I lost the weight. And they're like, ah, she blew it. Right. Like people were thin shaming her. Yeah. It's like, what in the world? Where are we? What are we doing? Well, and again, it's a I'm 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 okay with you finding your authentic self until it is offensive to my authentic self. Yeah, it made me uncomfortable with who what I'm the choices I'm making maybe or whatever. Right. Because I'm not like a figurehead for you now. I'm not your weird puppet for whatever your lifestyle is. It's so strange. And I know that the that the legalistic far right or some things that we grew up in has often abused the standards, manipulated them for the gain of power, control, or for the oppression of certain people groups, whether it be women uh, or people of color. And not all, and not all with bad intention, mm-hmm. but that has been a result of even of systems that I've been a part of. So I'm not, I'm not taking anyone down. I'm saying, hey, we can be honest enough to look at that. But the flip side is, is what we've done is, is we've removed a fixed point. Yeah. And a fixed point is sort of the key for everything. Right. We're kind of untethered. Yeah. You don't know what to tie off to. So you're tying off to whatever looks right to you. And it may not be, or it's not. It's, it, so a fixed point says, oh, you know, and that's what that justice video did such a great job of yesterday. It's like, if you're a panda and you have twins, it is perfectly normal in nature for you to throw one away to care for the other. Mm-hmm. But if you're a human and you do that, someone's going to consider that unjust or wrong or right and wrong. And why is it that regardless of your religious culture and there are exceptions i know in the world in in extreme cultures over time you know that have kind of redefined some codes or ethics uh according to a morality that over time made sense but for most yeah for most across the board regardless of of the religious proclivities there is a a sense of right and wrong like almost in all cultures stealing and murder are going to be considered wrong well i'm a twin so i'm glad that my mom was not a panda well i mean just what. say that which well, because you think you'd have been the one thrown away. I got a bad feeling. Uh, I would not have made it. I was not the cute baby. <laughs> and you know what, listener? We are so glad that you made it this far. Even though it's a fallen world in which someone can give Tennessee a three seed mm. and say to themselves, "The bracket wants what it wants." <laughs> we hope that you won't fall into that thinking. It's and a, that you'll root the vault. By the time this airs, the Vols will have hopefully made it through the first weekend. Oh my gosh. So we could be talking about this, and they're like, "God, the ball's lost." We're, we're gonna face upset. we're gonna face Villanova in the second round, probably. 
Now, how can you be a high seed and face Villanova in the second round? We should be facing Wright State. You know, how dare you besmirch Wright State? <laughs> also, it looks as if Loyola may be in the same. We could meet Loyola Sister again. Sister Jean somewhere. still hanging around. I mean, they killed. Did she, did she pass away? Sister no, Jean? No, she's still around. Pretty certain. Wow, she's still kicking. Pretty certain. Don't quote me on that. But I think she is. So rest in power, Sister Jean. <laughs> yeah, and you know, again, they they destroy, they ruin. They we always meet the Cinderella, yeah, Johnny. Now, do. what is that about? Yeah, but the story becomes the team that we're playing. Right. Wichita State did it to us one year. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's happened a few times. It's it, not going to happen. We're when this airs, we're going to be through the second round or the through the second. We're going to uh, through the first weekend. We're going to be ready to go in the Sweet 16. Sweet Sixteen, and we'll probably meet. I speak it. You know we're going to named it. I claimed Arizona it. and the Elite Eight if we can make it that far. Listen, this is a, this needs to be the final four years. It's going to be. Great. It needs to be the final four years. Guys, check out all of our archive podcasts on yeah. talkaboutthatpodcast.com. dot com. And uh, the video ones are dropping on YouTube now. And please go subscribe to that channel. We're trying to grow that channel from scratch. Yeah. And so, uh, listen, you could be a part of the groundswell, the the grassroots movement that is the Talk About That podcast. Yeah. And those those subscriptions really make a difference for us to help yeah. grow the podcast. They help more people find it. Yeah, we have to diversify the way that we're reaching people. And uh, so you don't have to stop. I mean, subscribe to both. The audio is still important. We had yeah. a lot. We were, downloads are way up last week. Yeah. So thank you guys make for, it either for listening. Or. Listen. If you hear something you like, send it to some friends. You know what? And I want to I ask the listeners, especially the patrons and those who listen mm-hmm. every week, do us a favor. When you hear something right now, whether it be funny or whether it be you know some engagement of our conversation intellectually or spiritually, yeah. that really makes a difference to you. And you see like, man, that minute was something I want people to hear. Hey, send us an email at talkaboutthatpodcast.com and let us know sort of that timestamp. Like when you guys talked about X at 2430 or whatever, and we would love for you to help us choose yeah. the content that goes out. We don't know what's good, you guys. Right. We, it's all we got, good to us. We got nothing. It, or it's all bad to us. We're probably more likely to be people who listen yeah. to it and go, yeah, this is. We are so grateful for you, our loyal viewers and listeners. You sounded like the aliens on uh, You Are Our Last Hope. You Are Our Last Hope. <laughs> <laughs> we are so grateful. Uh, well, well, that was Galaxy Quest. Sorry, yeah, to, it's more of an there. NPR. Like, uh, thank you for listening. And yeah, have some soup maybe today. Yeah, don't forget to be kind to one another. Wash your hands. Be kind to yourselves. Um, and each other. And each other. Yeah. It's so good. Thank and you. don't forget free pot holders at our website. <laughs> um, we don't have any pot holders. No. So, but uh, but we serve a piping hot. Podcast one meal a week. That's mm. all you need. It's intermittent. Yeah, <laughs> it's very intermittent. <laughs> We're intermittent fasting. Please schedule. eat more than once a week. Uh, release. Uh, you should check out Johnny though. Like I said, he's about to record a new Dry Bar special, but you can watch his old Dry Bar special at drybar.com. Yeah, and, and on the app and all that good stuff. If you guys don't know, it was top ten last year. Uh, I think you said that earlier. It's a big deal, John. You're it's so. It's so. What a great friend you are. Man, well, I mean, you shouldn't have to say it. Yeah. I think that Johnny's metrics speak for themselves, but when they don't, I speak for them. Do you think I'm a two-line and they put me on the three-line? I think – I really do believe that. I think you should be a one-seed. Like, That's really nice. I think Johnny W. – in fact, I'm not going to tell you because when it happens, I'm going to tell you afterwards. It's really cool. Yeah. But there's something that me and Sadie pray for for you. I'm oh, just going to leave it like that. Look at that. And then when it happens, I'm going to tell you what it is. Did Sadie pray that a C-line would fart in my face? I think that could have been her dream. Like That could have been <laughs> what revealed Jesus to her. was like, he he listens. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. It made her day. Out of all the things I paid for, it did. <laughs> a C-line farting in my face is you what can't. These are experiences, of course. From the trip. Isn't that great? Yeah. So uh, you can also check me out on Instagram. My link tree is there, uh, and it'll have all the stuff. There's a lot of new interviews out right now. If you if you miss my Jen Hatmaker has been making the rounds on the podcast world. Man, it's been some really cool people we've met. And hey, don't forget who the the what, dance with the one who, I don't know the well, same. I'm not, I don't dance. The heart man. wants what? No. The just, heart dances with the yeah. panda yeah. That it wants. Uh, so, yeah, check out all those interviews, especially, uh, you know, Dadville, which if you like Dadville, our episode last week, go check out my interview on Dadville. It's there in my link tree. Uh, it'd be a great podcast for you to subscribe to as well after you've subscribed to talk about right, that. Do our first, right, do ours. And then if you want to support, you can go to our, our Patreon account. Link there at talkaboutthatpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. A big thanks to our producer in studio right now, who may not always be in here, but uh, Jeffrey Holland. Um, also, you can check him out if you wanted to have some travel agency. Your, travel. Tra- your greatest travel needs are met uh, with Jeffrey Holland, Travelmation. Uh, and they would go to travelagentjeffrey.com. Wow. Just check it out. Huh? 
At Travel Agent Jeffrey. Or at Travel Agent Jeffrey. That's yeah. man, he got the he got in there, got he those did. domains. He did. That'll be the highest watch. That'll be the highest thing that gets. That'll the hits be the thing, have. the bump, because yeah. everybody's wanting to go to Disney right now. But Jeffrey's the one seed now. So <sighs> Jeffrey's the Disney specialist. He can take he can take care of your family. Oh, let me tell you. The, the man knows. You want to meet Snow White? You want to meet Mickey? You want to meet Minnie? Not the characters, the real ones. Yeah. Jeffrey is an illusionist, yeah. and he can get you into the secret world. That's right. Guys, thank you so much for spending the time with us again this week, and we'll see you next week on Talk About That. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.